0: Throughout history, there's been so much debate about the existence of God. Brilliant men of old have attempted to articulate for and against the eternal. Though all of humanity hasn't come to a universal consensus, every generation has contributed further in this seemingly endless debate. In today's episode, I speak to Daniel Ray, a lay astronomer, co-host of the Great Heavens podcast, and author of Story of the Cosmos, How the Heavens Declare the Glory of God. Daniel has debated many atheists, and an evangelical effort to appeal very much how the Apostle Paul appealed to the different crowds of his day. He says, To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like those under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I may win some. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 20-22 I was fortunate enough to meet Daniel, who was then generous enough to gift me with a signed copy of his much and highly coveted book. From there, we became Twitter friends, and now I have the privilege of speaking to him today. Though we may not exactly have completed our mission to debunk the false dichotomy between faith and science once and for all, but at least in this episode, you best believe we push back. Okay. What's up, everybody? Uh, Appreciate you guys. Uh, I know that it's been a little bit of a break since our last episode. Uh, The Pushback Podcast is back. We have not gone anywhere. I might take a break, but I will never quit. All right. Um, Today's episode is very special, and it's personally special to me. If you have heard uh, me at all in in the past, Five episodes. I've always hinted or just outright said how I science, or rather, just all of creation was the first evangelist I've ever met. Uh, all of creation um, just pointed to there being a creator. Um, I think I don't think I could ever phrase it better than uh, the psalmist David in Psalm nineteen, but. The reason why I say this is because of today's special guest. Now, he's probably uh, one of the most modest individuals in his field that I have uh, seen uh, for a while he was on social media. He was engaging some of the most hostile uh, atheists that the Internet has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know. Proverbs chapter 27 of verse two says that, let not praise come out of your own mouth. Let it come out of somebody else's. So I want to give my guest today his flowers. This brother, this man, this, this man of God, uh, he is uh, a believer, obviously. He is an apologetic. And if you're not familiar with apologetics, those are essentially people. Uh, as it pertains to the Christian apologetics are people that defend the faith. And if you ever caught yourself in a sort of debate argument or what have you, uh, you might have an idea of the sort of opposition, the sort of hostility. Um, you know, they always say you shouldn't talk about religion and politics. Um, and it's typically because sometimes it could get people triggered. Well, My guest today has put himself in the line of fire many a times for the sake of the gospel, uh, for the sake of winning a soul uh, to those that know science. He is no novice himself. He and and if I'm not mistaken, Daniel, you have uh, you are a, a, a lay astronomer. I'm not sure. I wasn't exactly sure what that term meant.
1: Yeah, it's just something that I do. Astronomy is something that I do in my backyard. You know, I look at the constellations and stars and planets, and I have a telescope and I make, uh, I, I do back, backyard sky gazing, and then I know a little bit more about astronomy than, uh, but it's all a hobby. I've not uh, scientifically, I've had some uh, classes in astronomy and science, but uh, I'm not a formal astronomer.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, this this is daniel ray and for those that haven't heard about him again he's an uh uh, an apologetic uh i consider him one of the best scientists uh out there and I, i know you just said that you may not necessarily have a former designation as it pertains to astronomy but i think uh anybody that uh attempts to become fluent in the language of astronomy um, or even just the language of creation, so to speak, you know, it says that the Mm. creation, you know, all of creation speaks. And I think that you have gone out of your way to learn that language. Uh, None other than author Daniel Ray, Daniel Ray, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the pushback podcast for Uh, making time out of your busy scheduling. I know like uh, whether it's fixing houses, whether it's just, you know, uh, looking at galaxies, uh, you're you're a man of many hats and I appreciate you putting them all down just for a little bit of time with me. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. So I appreciate that.
1: No problem, Jay. Thank you for the uh, humbling introduction. I hope I can live up to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good thing is that you've already lived up to all that. Uh, I'm not saying anything that you haven't already done. Now, I've been looking forward to speaking to you for a while. Um, For those of you that are not familiar, uh, what I'm holding here, and I'll I'll show you guys here who are watching this on YouTube, for those that are just listening, I'm holding here uh, the story of the cosmos, how the heavens declare the glory of God. Now, I can't remember the sort of advertisement or how I stumbled upon it. Um, but all I remember is when I saw it and that it was going to come out in a short period of time, I remember texting my wife a picture of this book and saying, you know, baby, I really, really need this book. You know, and, 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 you know, at the time we were kind of struggling financially. Um, you know, COVID hit, I was laid off. My wife wasn't working. Uh, she was pregnant with our second child. So maybe not the most ideal of, financial circumstances, but nonetheless, you know, the Lord hears, you know, the, the prayers of the, of of the destitute and and the broken. And, you know, there, it was a real desire I had to purchase this book. Uh, You know, me being the uh, nosy guy that I am, I I tracked down who the author was and long behold, I I found him on Twitter and, you know, I started following him and, you know, one day we had a, a small interaction And he was kind enough, kind of. He did not have to do this. This was out of his own will uh, saying, hey, you know, would you like a signed copy of this book? So the very book that I'm holding is the signed copy that every now and then it still kind of blows my mind. This is a launch day copy signed by Daniel Ray himself. And this is this is totally. The value that this has to, to me in my life can't be overstated. So, but here I am, blessed and privileged to be able to speak to Daniel Ray himself. Um, I really wanted to speak to you for a while um, since the very first episode. Just to be quite honest with you, I know you had to get off the grid because you know Twitter can be a very very toxic place, and and if you're not careful, um, it could just drain out your peace more and more. And 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 and, and I know that. With as much as you were endured in your evangelical efforts daniel um, and engaging people in good faith despite the amount of hostility and just disrespect if we're if, if I'm just going to be you know frank uh, that you've withstood um I think that i don't i don't i wouldn't blame i didn't I didn't blame you at all and i was I was actually kind of happy that you chose your peace, you know um but that made it selfishly a little bit more difficult for me to try to track you down again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. No, 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 no. You're you're, you're quite all right. Here here we are today um, by God's graces. And the reason why I I wanted to talk to you for so long was because, you know, just the the false dichotomy between science and faith or science and God or however people want to frame it, has been, a, it, it's nothing new. There have been philosophers, brilliant men on both sides, arguing for or against God, uh, whether we're talking about Thomas Aquinas, whether we're talking about C.S. Lewis, uh, whether we're talking about Frederick Nietzsche, whether we, like, very, very brilliant men have made some strong arguments on both sides. This is not new, you know? Uh, however, with, you know, this era that we're living in, where anyone with internet capability is able to air out their opinions mm-hmm. and interestingly enough i was talking to uh, i think it was a client at work and we were just kind of talking about that how essentially back then you know if you build a following whether it's from your philosophical takes religious takes or whatnot it was typically based on what you said and there was some sort of credentials. Uh, that followed you. But it's like now anybody with internet access, like, like pretty much, you don't necessarily have to be qualified. You just have to be persuasive. Mm -hmm. And I think unfortunately, the secular side or the unbelieving, the atheist side has been increasingly persuasive towards the youth. Um, I, I remember that there was some sort of stat coming out that The other day, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was saying how it it, it compared, I think it was like something like 10% decrease in people that profess to believe in God uh, and a slightly lesser one in those that profess to believe in Jesus Christ. Hmm. Now, we know that obviously professing and actually living something out is obviously very different. Um, So I don't know what that means in terms of pure numbers, but nonetheless, there are people that are you know whether they're falling away from the faith whether they're getting shipwrecked whatnot. nonetheless it seems like this is a sort of poor man's age of enlightenment you know mm-hmm. um where it's the popular thing to kind of you know um either not believe in god or not believe in jesus and i actually spoke i had a guest that i recorded with who she actually went from christianity to pantheism mm-hmm. and It was very. And and, and one of the things that we spoke about was the language that people use nowadays to where, you know, you know, hopefully the universe will bring something good my way, because almost as if saying, you know, hopefully God brings something almost like that language isn't big enough in some people's eyes, because I think this is just my personal opinion. the, The term God sounds tribal and trivial compared to it's almost like if you say the word universe, you're referring to something bigger you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, she, she was attesting to that. And I know I'm kind of, this is a sort of long winded way of me saying, you know, um, I, I felt that your voice in particular, Daniel is, um, a very much important one, especially in nowadays. And one that I think a lot of people can benefit, uh, to listen to. So I would like, you know, for those that haven't had the privilege and kind of hearing you, um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself like how did you become a Christian apologetic because you didn't grow up a Christian No right so I, I would love to hear like just a little bit more about your journey
1: Sure. I was um, 25 years old and so it's been just about 30 years and um, I was uh, not seeking out god or religion or anything and uh, i did have a girlfriend at the time who was interested in taking me to church and um i did go a few times with her but it wasn't terribly interesting um to me and um i remember one service though the, the pastor was talking about uh, the apostle paul's joy in the book of philippians and i you know nothing happened in that moment but it it was i can still hear his voice saying you know count it all joy and it just uh, it was kind of the key that um turned the lock, if you will. And I, uh, I I can't tell you exactly moment, day, minute, hour, uh, Jay, that I, that, that it happened. It was more like a transformation over the course of several months in the early nineties, where, um, I went from not having any idea who Jesus was to getting baptized, uh, six months later. So it was like a a slow, gradual sunrise, if you will. Um, It wasn't uh, a a Damascus Road experience. Um, It was very gradual and it was very gentle. Um, And I would say I was, you know, when I got baptized in 1992, I think it was 92 or 93, I was still completely ignorant about the Christian faith. I didn't know anything about, you know, nobody argued me into the kingdom. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything about philosophy or science at the time. And uh, so that's the one thing that has always fascinated me is that as God was working on me, and revealing Jesus to me over time, that it was so almost imperceptible that I I can only tell you gradually how I went from, I didn't know anything to the Bible till I'm reading the Bible, I'm getting baptized, I'm going to church. Um, it was like waking from a dream or something. Yeah. So I didn't really have, and I used to think this was a problem, I didn't used to have, I didn't have a dramatic testimony. Um, mm. Some people do, some people have come out of horrible situations, and they're fantastic. But you know, as I got older, and I grew in the Christian faith, well, a lot of people were sort of emphasizing these Hollywood movie like testimonies. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't have a testimony like that. So I, have I, struggled for years with, um, the, ont- the authenticity of my confession. Um, wow. it's, it's been a, a difficult, um, time, but my father, uh, we lost my dad tragically when I was in high school. And, um, uh, so that's probably had some kind of impact on, on my faith, but, uh, um, over time, um, I was able to confess Jesus as Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I don't exactly know, you know, 30 years ago, at what exact point that that was the truth to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think the thing that I've learned Jay in the years is, is that, you know, it's survived whatever happened, survived the test of my emotions and feelings because those come and go, oh. you know, and I think, uh, 30 years now has, has, uh, uh, shown that, uh, it wasn't just a fanciful emotion trying to make my girlfriend happy or I wasn't pursuing something or it wasn't a feeling or it just wasn't a, a something that, that came and went. And you know, it's, it's, um, Jesus came and he stayed. And, um, you know, so at, at what point in the last 30 years did I go from, I don't know who Jesus is to Jesus is Lord. Yeah. I don't know, but I think I, you know, I want to encourage you to some people that you don't have to have yes. a dramatic, uh testimony. God can work very gently in your life to bring you to who he is. Um, right. You may not have all the requisite emotions you think you'd hate to have. Don't look at your happy friend in the pew and think, "Well, oh, my life has to be like that. Right. No, God didn't make you like that. He made you like you. So um, don't, don't look at other people's emotion or zeal um, yes. when you're, especially if you're a new, new believer. Um, we tend to, I did that. I made the mistake of thinking, gosh, look at all these happy Christians. Why am I still struggling with, with my emotions? You know, and, and so that's an important thing that I think I've learned that I could, would pass along to somebody. Don't worry that your testimony isn't going to be a book or a movie. Sure. And, uh, yeah. and, and don't base your faith on how, how you feel from day to day. It's, it, the truth is the truth, no matter how you feel, the stars shine, even when it's cloudy outside, you just can't see them. So it's, uh, Man. it's, it's, uh, you know, and then you, 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 you do get, matured through trials and suffering and you really do see that okay do i really believe this and uh, so that's one reason why i got into apologetics uh, much later in life it's only been the last uh, 10 years or so um but uh once you start to engage with your faith with people that don't believe you want to have um i wanted to have uh, a more informed understanding to be able to help people understand what i believed and that helped deepen my faith as well and and one of the reasons that uh, apologetics interested me was because of the cosmos and science. I've always loved space and science and stars ever since I was a kid. Um, yeah. So it's just a natural fit to do apologetics and uh, and focus on the cosmos. So yeah, I don't know if that really answers anybody's questions or not, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: I think it actually. Not I, I, I think you touched on a couple of things that are extremely important because I think it's very natural. Um, you know, to kind of question our confession, knowing that maybe others, their 180 may seem to be more severe. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy to kind of be almost self-conscious about your salvation to a degree. Um, because, yeah, right. Yeah, we, and, we
1: want a, we want a dramatic testimony. We want the dramatic story. And, um, you know, that's one thing that, uh, the enemy will do in your life is, is immediately turn you to start assessing yourself by other people and, and not yes. what scripture, not what scripture says. So and uh, good. it's a it was a huge problem for me for a long time. And um, you just cannot, even in ministry and professional ministry and Christian apologetics, you, you still tend to envy other people and you think, oh, I'm I don't have this huge ministry like so and so, or I don't have this fantastic YouTube channel, or I don't have this wonderful podcast right that's another danger too you know you just can't uh compare yourself to to other people but but be faithful to what god has created you and called you to do
0: amen amen i couldn't agree more and i think that it's also kind of telling about and 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 i do agree that i think that is the work of the enemy because it's interesting how it becomes less about you know whether or not god saved you and then it's slowly that self, that's, that sort of self-consciousness like takes over in terms of like, hmm, what did he save me from? And I think we need to understand that at, at its core is that we're all sinners, that yeah. all have fallen short of the glory of God. And, and if, you know, if Paul had to rebuke the church for some of the most trivial things, you know, at least in our modern context, they seem trivial, but maybe they were a lot more Dangerous, or you know, more monumental back then, but something as simple as circumcision, or people that, you know, clung to Peter, Paul, or Apollos, or anything like that. Mm. I think it's very easy for us to kind of get distracted um, from the beauty and the simplicity of the gospel.
1: Right, and I think um, the Romans twelve uh, says to uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and, uh, so when Jesus begins his ministry, when John the Baptist begins his ministry, there's a call to repentance and people think, well, maybe that's just, uh, something I did when I got saved, huh. but, uh, no, repentance is a lifelong habit and practice. And it just means to turn, to turn, yeah. um, there's Psalms and the, there's, there's Psalms that, you know, prayers in the Psalms that say, turn us Lord, and we shall be turned. Um, mm-hmm. and Jesus is the one that, that turns us from sin and turns us to himself. So, you know, you, you turn away from what the world says and you turn to scripture, uh, but it's constantly turning to God. Yeah. It's, it's a constant turning. It's not a, oh, I did that 30 years ago. Um, and that was another hard lesson about, um, Jesus was very gentle with me about it, but, but coming to grips with your own sin is, is critical because if you don't, if you don't understand your sin, uh, you won't, you won't finally understand god's grace and Mm. um you know so that that's that's a critical thing but 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 everybody's on a little different time scale god's got treadmills set for all of us on different speeds yes so you know there's no don't compare your some people are dramatically convicted of of their sin instantaneously some people are god brings their sin to mind gradually over time but um, he always does bring an awareness that's the holy spirit bringing an awareness of sin yes um and uh, for the Christian that is renewed by the Spirit, uh, they'll be sensitive to that. But it, there, there will be some sins you wrestle with your entire life that just don't go yes. away. Um, and then, but the bottom line is it's it's not like you're going to turn from sin and when that's it. You just, you keep doing it. John says that if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Yes. But if we confess our sins and we are faithful and just, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Amen. And um, so that... But that's a, I would say all that, it sounds like, you know, I'm saying all this in five minutes here, but you know, what I've just described is my life in 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, you just be patient with yourself and, um, constantly, um, reminding yourself to get in the word and, um, fellowship. And, um, I've got a men's breakfast at church tomorrow. You know, I'm i forget to go to those sometimes, but you know, I, I don't live a perfect Christian life, but I'm the, the, the sanctification God's continued patience and mercy in my life has helped me to, uh uh to uh, slowly come to understand and enjoy what it is i believe and why i believe it
0: amen amen no well well, well said and i and i think um i think that 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 that's that's needed to say cuz i think there is a certain level of like consumerism like in churches and in modern sermons that it's it, it's it could be very easy to forget um this sort of like I guess for lack of a better word, like just the simplicity of his word, you know, uh, it's just that simple. If, 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 you know, uh, uh, from the heart, one believeth and with the mouth, one confesseth unto salvation, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and and it's by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right. It's that simple. It is literally that simple. And I think, um, you know, I, I I appreciate you affirming that for, uh, I think, I, I think all believers, like regardless whether you feel very secured in or not, like you can never hear the gospel too much.
1: No, it's uh, constantly turning to that and uh, reading the word and exposing yourself to Christian truth. And uh, you know, in my job, I deal with a lot of, I have to read a lot of non-Christian literature and engage with a lot of non-Christian ideas. And um, you know, I think one thing that has always been God's a hallmark of God's mercy in my life is that I've never struggled with now i've i've often often struggled with trying to understand the bible i'm not saying that i have an exhaustive comprehensive knowledge of scripture by any stretch of the means i'm still learning but i've never in the 30 years i've never struggled with whether or not the bible was divinely inspired and was the word of god from from day one when i started reading it i i remember that ironclad conviction that this is the word of god that that to me, some people struggle with whether or not the Bible is the word of God. Um, I have, that has not been a struggle, but I can see, I say all that to say, not that I'm anybody special with that, but in the kind of job that I have um, engaging other worldviews of, of many different facets, including, and especially atheism. um, I, I, I better not be wavering. Um, I think God has given me that solid foundation um, because I'm, it's not a job where, you know, if you're, theologically faint of heart. Not that it's all like I'm saying all this to say it's Ephesians 210. It's all a gift. God has equipped us, each of us with gifts to be able to do the work that he's called us. And so um, I'm not saying that everybody should have an ironclad certitude about this. Maybe some people are struggling with trying to understand the Bible or how do we know this is God's word? And those are all good questions. But like I said, be patient with yourself as a process. God has given you gifts and abilities to use uh, for his kingdom and, and for his glory. And, uh, everybody has, in and, you know, as the Corinthians 1 first Corinthians, um, uh, everybody has a part in the body, right? Amen. And so a toe can't envy a finger and say, I wish I was a finger, right? That would, right, right. uh, we all have different parts of the body to, to facilitate. So, uh, but I, I, um, I'm, I might struggle, ha- have struggled with my own, Gosh, am I really a Christian for on and off, but uh, I've never really struggled with whether or not the Bible is the Word of God. I really do think it has stood the test of time, and uh, I I don't think there's anything. And I've read about and seen and heard and talked to a lot of people with a lot of different worldviews and different beliefs and and non-beliefs, and I just have not yet run across uh, a worldview or a belief system that uh, explains it any better than what we have from Genesis to Revelation.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and you know, like with with this path that you've been on and, you know, it's, it, with even experiencing different doubts, even doubting yourself, I think it's very fascinating, very telling about how God's keeping power is, yes. you know, in terms of you never really questioning him, you never really questioning his divinity, his existence, you know, I I, I want to ask you, how do you go from that and navigate that to like this sort of like i don't want to call it like military but i feel like there's 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 a burden i feel like at the heart of every true apologetic to you know withstand you know uh hostility or objections and things of that nature to I, what i believe because i think that all of us to a degree should be Unapologetic. I mean, that's that's just the word, you know, that we should always have an answer for those that question us for our faith. Now, maybe not necessarily have a whole, you know, ministerial aspect to it. I think that there are some individuals that are more gifted um, in that areas, you know, like yourself, that you you've you've been able to like in good faith have these sort of exchanges in hostile mm-hmm. uh, dialogue. But what 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 inspired you? I guess, yeah. In short, what inspired you to even pursue defending the faith
1: well like i said that my activity in apologetics really is um professionally i would say from my uh, master's degree onward until what i'm doing now was about 10 years um mm. going on 10 years but i was always interested in it before listening to debates between Christ- christians and atheists and i just found that intellectually i just found that fascinating you know yeah. uh for for a long time like early 2000s i was uh, I would go on atheist websites and talk to them and uh, watch atheist Christian debates and get into online conversations in uh, chat rooms, RichardDawkins.net and all these uh, unbelieving yeah. places I would go to and, and just have conversations with people. And I enjoyed it. Um, but it's funny, Jay, because I'm not. I'm very non-confrontational. I don't like confrontation. I mean, I don't like I don't like it. I'm very thin skinned, actually. Um, I, I'm part of why I got off Twitter was, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm vulnerable and I'm honest about it. You know, I'm not, yeah. a, I'm I, I struggle with depression. It runs in my family. Um, and, uh, I'm honest about what I struggle with. I don't want anybody to think I'm some kind of, you know, in, invincible superhero or something like that. But, um, but being vulnerable, I guess, um, just being honest about what I struggle with. Um, and then yet I think, the short answer to your question is that i see um and i know what jesus has done for me and mm. um i think of a lot of times what motivates me is i think of because i love the universe i just think of the enormity and the majesty and the holiness of god yeah. and uh um you know to I want to be able to, uh, not, not that I earn his favor or I'm able to stand in his presence by anything that I do, but I just am reminded a lot of his holiness, not only that, but, but what he's done for me in my life, um, what he saved me from. Um, I want to honor him and give him all the due glory that he so rightly deserves for the things that, uh, he has done for me and the things that he has brought me through. Um, and I want to stand fast and know that uh, hopefully, other people will see God's love through standing fast in the midst of um, you know the kind of pushback that I've been receiving. Yeah. Um, so I I have really in the last ten years I I've made I was on a lot of atheist shows on podcasts and YouTube channels and some not didn't go so well and but you know I I generally like talking to atheists they're generally. Thoughtful people—they have lots to say, and they—they challenge what I believe. And um, you know, if I'm if I'm solidly confident in what Scripture says, uh, yeah. then I have I have the the duty and the desire to to test it out and to see what people's strongest objections are to it. And so now, uh, with the ministry that I do, we do the atheist and Christian book club every month. And we have one month we have a Christian guest, one month we have an atheist guest. And we try to have the, the brightest minds in both atheists, atheism and Christianity, whether it's science or philosophy or theology, come on our show and we talk to the authors live. And uh, so that's been a challenge, but it's been rewarding because I've been able to learn and understand other people's perspectives in a genuine sense to where I can steal, yeah. man, their, their position. So, you know, I try to be empathetic, I try to understand people, I try to recognize that the, that the their contempt that they might throw at me is not directed really at me because they really don't know me.
0: Sure. You know? Sure.
1: And it's not, uh, with flesh and blood, uh, that we, right. we are in conflict with, you know? And so hopefully maybe down the road, someone will remember my conduct and I don't know. It's not perfect, but, uh, I hope the love of Christ can, can show through that. So I, I just like, I just feel like God has given me <laughs> the desire to, uh, to do this. I, I think it's a lot of people are going and go, you, you're nuts, Dan, but I, I, uh, I really enjoy it. I mean, there's, you know, it's just something I feel God has called me to do. He, he has given me, I can see all the skills and abilities in, in my life experiences that have brought me to this point with broadcasting and military background. And uh, so it's all been of grace. It's all been uh, Ephesians 2 10, that God has prepared good works in advance that we may walk in them. And, uh, you know, like what you were saying at the beginning, I, I, you just never know who's watching. You never know who's taking notes and, right. and, uh, so that was kind of my other thing is that, you know, I may not be convincing this person right in front of me, but maybe there's yeah. two or three other people in the peripheral that are watching what's going on. So that's kind of what I do, what I do. And, um, I'm glad God hasn't really shown me <laughs> all the good and the bad that, uh, I may or may not know about from my time on Twitter, but, uh, um. But I love what I do. I really do love what I do.
0: So, Amen. No, and, and 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 you know, I'm I'll always be living proof of uh you know the impact that you know in terms of those same gifts that God get, has given you. And 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 mm. I think that that I, I I love I love what you said because I I do feel that sometimes um, you know whether it's Jeremiah, you know, before God saying, "Hey Lord, I'm too young," or whether it's mm. Abraham saying, "Lord, I'm too old." Moses saying, Hey, you know, Lord, I'm not really a good public speaker. I have a speech impediment. It's hmm. just it's just interesting how like us as vessels and tools will always attempt to disqualify ourselves based on whatever yeah. shortcomings and 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 when in actuality it's like it's it's about a perfect, all powerful God using imperfect vessels like us to bring about right. his perfect right. glory and, and yeah. I feel like, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm living proof of the impact uh, that God, you know, used you for. You know, um, and, yeah, that's and great to, me, to hear. No, yeah, and, and 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 I and to me, I think it just speaks of the glory of God that you, who you know, aren't a confrontational person. Oh, I know. hate
1: it. I'm and I'm, and in, on top of that, I'm an introvert. So, uh, you know, I hang out with people for an hour and then I need a week vacation away from people. (laughs) So, so I, I don't like confrontation and I'm an introvert and, uh, here I am, you know, getting in the face of, of atheists in a kind way, you know, I say getting in their face. I don't, I don't try to start it up with them. Right. Um, but if I, if I get one on the line, I really try to hang in there and be as kind as I can, despite what may happen. But, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's an ironic thing about me. Why? Sorry about that. Uh, oh, why is uh, uh, somebody like me, who likes who would prefer not to be around <laughs> uh, confrontation, and who uh, who has a hard time being around people, uh, why a Christian apologist who has somewhat of a public persona? I don't know. <laughs> it's that, kind I of ironic that
0: speaks, to, that, that speaks to the to the grace of God because again, yes, you yeah. know, if he could make you know an 190 year old conceive, if he can make you know uh, a kid be a prophet to an entire nation and he could make you know uh you know david's you know these 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 sort of uh, uh sheep herders kill giants mm. and i, I think it's yeah it, it's it's very easy for like men to get the glory from other men when someone's may already be super talented in something yeah you know? that's we
1: admire that right just naturally
0: it, but when, when when it's someone who maybe whose personality maybe doesn't uh, parallel their gift, then I feel like that, that just has God's fingerprints all over it. Yeah, You know, like for, uh, you know, again, you know, just going, just, just sticking to Moses example. This Mm -hmm. is a guy who said, Hey, I have a speech impediment, but then how many times do we hear him preaching to the people of Israel? And it's, and it's seemingly never an issue. You know, yeah, right. whether or not he actually stuttered or whatnot, we don't know. But it almost didn't really matter because he was just echoing what God told him. And I think that at its core, that's all we're really doing is just saying what he's done in our lives, what he's spoken mm-hmm. in his word, and just sharing our experiences along with it. So I think that just speaks right. to the glory of God.
1: Right. And for me, it's been many times where, you know, I've wanted to give up, um, not because I I was ever doubting God's existence or who Jesus was, but more of like um, my relationship with my father was not the greatest. And so some of that mm. translated into my relationship with God. And I think for, for a long time, a very long time, um, I was uh, under the false legalistic impression that I had to do things to please God mm. rather than to understand what the, Christ, the cross was and is, that that's the only work that is finally going to justify yeah. us. Uh, there's a, there was a big, and this is a big part of where I think we get discipleship wrong in terms of the difference between God's justifying acts uh, and his sanctification process thereafter. So the cross justifies you and makes you right with God. That's good. Um, but, but then the lifetime that you live for God is a process of sanctification. Where yes. you're you're not going to live a perfect life, a sinless life, but you will yeah. learn and become more like uh Jesus. Um, and that that's a huge difference. And in all of the other religions and cults that we deal with at Watchman Fellowship, my job at Watchman.org. Um, we we the, the religions and cults that are non non-Christian religions and cults that claim to be Christians or just cults in general or it's, it's always, they get the, the gospel wrong, of course, and it's always yeah. a, work, a work-oriented salvation. And that's the one unique difference about Christianity, is that you don't work to earn your salvation. Amen. Um, Jesus did that. I mean, Matthew 7, where Jesus says that not everyone will say to me, Lord, Lord. Uh, you know, people will... Say to him in that day that uh, didn't we do any of these wonderful works? We cast out demons and did all these wonderful works in your name. And Jesus says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And so for a long time, that verse uh, was kind of uh, fear and trembling for me. It's like, Well, I've never cast out a demon. I've not. Uh, how can I measure up to those guys' works? But th- that's not the point. The point is that yeah, yeah. they're trying to justify yes. themselves yeah. when and completely overlooking the justifying act of Jesus on the cross. Um, And so there was no accounting for their sin because like when you see the apostle John in the book of revelation, and this is the disciple that Jesus loved, he sees the risen Christ and he's terrified. He's like, he's not fist bumping. Hey buddy. Um, He sees (laughs) the risen and resurrected Jesus and he falls on his face. You know, he's, he's scared. Daniel sees it. Ezekiel, Uh, the people that have had visions of the glory of God have been terrified. And these were people that God called, you know, and, Absolutely. And uh, so again, there's that holiness aspect, but, um, but I think I say all that to say that through my process of sanctification, God has been extraordinarily patient with me and has not given up on me, Amen. even though I would often pray, Lord, you should have given up on me a long time ago. Um, hmm. but his, his extended mercy, his loving kindness, the yes. chesed, the Hebrew word is chesed for loving kindness. It's a, a long suffering, a, a, a patient, Enduring, faithful love of God, covenant love yeah. Yeah. that He that He alone creates and signs and fulfills. We we're just sort of the passive agent of receiving this covenant love, and um, Amen. so uh, seeing all of that over time, you know. And this is, you know, to any new believers that are listening, just be patient with yourself. And 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 as Hebrew uh, uh, Romans twelve, present your bodies yes. as I, living sacrifice you know yeah. if a lot of people you know my father actually he took his own life and that's how he died but to talk to some people you know who there's a lot of suicide going on now it's it's horrible yeah. uh mostly since the pandemic uh it's increased um dramatically especially among young people but yeah um i think the 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 issue is is presenting and this is what i did years ago is okay lord uh, you know dad took his own life i don't want to do that um so here's my life. I'm alive. I don't know what you're going to do, but I don't want to do what dad did. Please deliver me from that, you know, and just presenting yourself alive. Here I am, Lord. Yep. You know, I don't know what you're going to do. Um, but as long as I'm alive, as long as you're alive, there's hope. Um, God is not going to, when there's life, there's hope. So, you know, I encourage anybody that's struggling with that to just hang in there. You don't have to try to do anything to please God. Um,
0: yeah
1: you know just cry out to him that's as simple as the psalms and 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 rest and trust that he's going to do something um he's going to help you i mean you're drowning Amen. you can't do help yourself Amen. and 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 the psalms are full of crying out to god and 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 that's what i do yes. i mean i do that every day you know yeah. it's it's a help me with this god help me with that help me with this help me with this you know it's it's a constant crying out to god because he constantly reminds you you can't do anything apart from him and but he's merciful and he's good and he's gracious. And I, I don't want to throw that away. You know, I want to do all I can to, to bring him glory and uh, no. you know, i don't do it, I don't do it perfectly. Nobody's sure. going to do it perfectly. You know, uh, atheists still make me mad sometimes. Um, but, but, <laughs> but you're right. It, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. And uh, social media is just not the best place for an introvert. Anyway. No. So,
0: but, but it's, but it's, it's, it's still funny to me how like, that's like, where god used you or at least one of the areas where he used yeah you. that was uh
1: that was i only got on twitter back in 2018 to start promoting the book and then once the book had been vetted i was gonna get off but i just kind of enjoyed twitter but uh yeah. anyway uh it was yeah. time to go i'm glad i did but i'm glad i was there for the time that i was and glad we got to meet each other too but uh, yeah you said no, you wanted I, to talk a little bit about science. I didn't know if you. If you no,
0: were... I, I think it's I think it's interesting because I feel like everything that we shared uh, up until this point. I think it's important to kind of talk about the core of the faith because when mm-hmm. like, and I think it's easy to kind of see, you know, because very much like you, I was fascinated and extremely intrigued whenever I would hear, you know, a Christian and an atheist. Uh, mm-hmm. have this sort of formal debate. And I think I, I told you the first time we spoke that the first debate that really made me start questioning things was the debate between uh, Ken Ham and uh, Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember there was a couple of things, and it wasn't even so much anything that Bill said that sounded persuasive. It was more so claims that he made that Ken Ham was not able to respond to and and I'll mm. just for full transparency he was telling him because I know that you know and, and I'm not trying to like pivot to something smaller because I, I want to focus on the macro of the topic but there are there are Christians and I call them both Christians because there are some hostile Christians on both sides that they believe in a young earth, you know, uh, 6,000 years old or, or mm-hmm. younger versus those that, you know, believe that it's, you know, billions of years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time I was a very, very staunch, very strict young earth creationist. So I felt that when Bill Nye was bringing up, uh, you know, trees from South America that are about ten thousand years old and certain mm-hmm. places, with isometric dating of like over twenty thousand or thirty thousand years old, um, and and it, it, the, I felt like, at least for me personally, I don't I know that reactions and all that is subjective, but for me, hearing the way that he responded was very discouraging, and and it made me, for a brief period of time, question like, hmm, what, am I being finessed here? You know, is mm-hmm. is, is is my mm-hmm. belief in God? Nothing more than uh, an emotional crutch. And the reason why I'm very glad that we said everything that we said up until now, and I was actually speaking to a brother about this about a week ago. I think at its core, and I think it's cool whenever, you know, we have, you know, whether it's science, whether it's, you know, history or whatever, like they'll say, hey, um, here are five reasons and proofs or evidence that Jesus roamed the earth, like, and and let's say that they're all concrete. I think that's cool. I think it's really great, but I feel like at its core, at its core, ultimately your faith can't be tangible. I feel like it has to be intangible to where it's perfect. Like I, I feel like, it, and, 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 you know, for better or for worse, I feel like you shouldn't be able to explain it at its core. You know, like like I just I believe and I know that like from a philosophical standpoint, that sounds like circular reasoning. Oh, I believe because I believe. And, you know, it might be a fallacy. And, I, and I'm all for, you know, talking about, you know, certain things. But I, I, I to me, like and I remember one day I was like we were doing street evangelism with a couple of brothers and, you know, I met a guy. And, you know, he was telling me that he didn't believe in God. And I was like, oh, you know, may I ask why? And he was like, well, I just think that there isn't any sort of scientific evidence for God. Hmm. And when he said this, like my eyes brightened because I was like, whoa. And I remember I was telling him about, um, you know, everything from like the order of the universe, how, you know, uh, in just Genesis chapter one, verse one, you have the creation of uh, time, space, energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from you know Hebrews eleven three that all things are visible are made by those things that are not visible that you know it poetically like you know refers to quantum physics and you know the microscopic and things of that nature you know like why would it just say something ra- like it would just seem totally random and even from a poetic standpoint um, what would it even refer to and I, I was I was just saying all these different things and. I felt like I was probably like regurgitating a bunch of stuff, but I was just really excited to show him like, hey, hold up, hold up here. Mm -hmm. And it was, I remember his reaction was like, hmm, like he didn't become a Christian instantaneously, but he was like, hmm, I guess there is something up there. And to me, it felt like the biggest win for somebody intellectually to start off their position by saying there's there's no evidence for it Mm -hmm. to at least saying, hmm, maybe there is something there. And I think that that's great, but I I still I I feel like after that, there's still the bigger leap in terms of like placing your trust in Jesus. Because for me personally, I grew up because I was obsessed with space and astronomy and checking out books about the different planets and learning about the different moons um, of each planet. What it led me to was theism. It didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. lead me to Christianity or to place my faith in Jesus. My faith in Jesus came when I was 26 and I felt at its core, it wasn't tangible. Like, I'm like, I believe in him because, you know, and I, I would name characteristics, you know, he's good, he's merciful, all these sort of things. But in terms of like, you can't really put that under a microscope and say, see, you know, like, I feel like. Right. But but other things you can, you know, if if someone wants to make the historical claim that Jesus didn't exist, there's overwhelming evidence historically to just refute that. You Mm -hmm. know, there's like for me, I have what a birth certificate, Social Security card, a bunch of IDs. There's a paper trail. If, you know, 100 years from now, somebody want to look me up. There's more evidence that Jesus existed more than there will be of me. You know, I didn't have (laughs) Tacitus and Pliny the Younger and all these other authors writing about stuff that I did. You know, no, no, I don't have any writers or I'm not that interesting. But with Jesus, you you do have, you know, whether it's uh, Josephus or Paul, you know, people that weren't Christians at first or at all, like when Josephus's case. So I, I just think to me. Everything that we said, I think, needs to be the core. So even if we you know do dabble in science and we dabble in philosophy or what have you, hmm. I, I, I want anyone listening to this podcast or you know also enjoys listening to debates to remember that at its core, your faith is something supernatural and cannot be perfectly articulated in human language. And I think that's perfectly right. okay. Even if your opponent, your ideological opponent may not see that as something acceptable.
1: Yeah, that's a, a, a good point, Jay. And, and I don't think it's, I want to um, compliment that by saying that knowledge in general, and some of the most deeply held beliefs that we have as human beings are not tangible. Yeah, I mean, even in the realm of science, when you're talking about the origin of the cosmos, uh, what it means, uh, whether it has any meaning, um, it was the uh, early 20th century philosopher Bertrand Russell um, in his uh, BBC radio debate uh, who, when he was asked about the universe, he says it it just is. Yeah, but uh, Lord Russell doesn't. I mean, he can't prove that. I mean, what does that mean? Right. The, the universe just is. The universe doesn't tell us yeah, or doesn't care yeah. how we interpret it. I mean, if you're a naturalist, uh, a pure naturalist or a materialist or a skeptic, and not all sure. skeptics are materialists. I've sure, met a lot sure. of spiritual unbelievers, um, but, but the... I, I was in a book club with with skeptics, not our book club through our ministry, but at a, a yeah. book club in Dallas with some atheists, and we were talking about physics. And the, the question came up about uh, the fine tuning, the constants and quantities, the numbers that have been uncovered by physics in the last hundred years or so, the speed of light, uh, things of this yeah. nature, the strong nuclear force and all of these, these numbers that just seem to come out of nowhere. Um, he, one of the gentlemen said that, uh, well, it doesn't mean anything. It just, it doesn't mean anything. I said, well, the numbers don't tell you that the science, your, your conclusion that this has right. no meaning is not a scientific conclusion. It's a, it's a belief that it right. has no tangible, uh, empirical basis. So, yeah. but I think to your point, Jay, I think with God, um, we should be careful to, to, to have that realm in which we can't explain everything about God. And that's the, that's the danger. And I think Christian apologetics to some degree is that we want to have answers for every question that everybody has. And, and I just think there are a lot of things that, that we must allow God to be God. And that means saying, I don't know, uh, we, we, God gives us. A sufficient knowledge of who he is, but he doesn't give us exhaustive knowledge of who he is. And so sure. I think in one personal lesson that I've learned over the years is if you don't know something, don't make it up. Yeah. Um, don't just, I mean, you want to think on your feet and give your skeptic friends an answer, but if you're unfamiliar with something, don't make up a reason just to, to give somebody an answer. And, right. uh, and and so I, I agree with you that I think that deep down part of what our faith in Jesus is, is something that cannot be articulated. Um, like when you go out and you experience the beauty of nature or the night sky, yeah. there's just, there just doesn't seem to be adequate words to describe the, what you're taking in. Sure. And, and, um, I think especially at the end of the book of Job, where Job says, I put my hand in my mouth, That's Good. It's you know, um, and I think that that's when when Isaiah sees the Lord in the throne room isaiah uh yeah. chapter six, or when John sees the resurrection of Jesus in revelation, they're speechless yes. uh when Daniel sees the Son of Man, the glorified he he he's trembling and he can't speak and yeah. so yes there there has to be an aspect of our faith that is um just can't be explained away by are explained thoroughly by logic and reason. I mean, it's just uh, the Christian faith is internally consistent and internally logical, but it's not, when we say it's reasonable, we don't want to diminish God's holiness, his supernatural power and ability, his his omnipotence, or that we can somehow think that we've got an omniscient being all wrapped up in a nice little box and a bow. There are yeah. some many things that god leaves to his prerogative uh, because of who he is uh, because of his holiness and um having too many answers i think uh, diminishes god to a sort of an anthropomorphic idea of who god is right um and that was israel's problem all along in the old testament was um making wrongly thinking about yahweh um, yes and we can make up our little Yahwehs too, and our little minds, our conception about God could be could be wrong as well. And so that's what again, going back to Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And uh, we have to constantly and that's where repentance comes in constantly renewing our mind about who God is, as he is revealed in Scripture. Um, Yeah. And not as we imagine that he is revealed in Scripture, but as he's revealed in Scripture, so we can have with your example with uh, Dr. Ham and Mr. Nye um, you know maybe people make a god out of yeah. their cert- their certain theological position that that ill prepares them to give a defense for other explanations about why things are the way they are so that's one reason I do the book clubs with atheists is because I learn to understand their position so that I can better understand my own and that I actually listen to what they're saying rather than sort of uh, block it all off and just protect a belief. I want my belief to be enriched by it being challenged. And by challenged, I don't mean to say I want somebody to prove that it's wrong necessarily. I don't want anybody to prove it's wrong, but that's, I'm not, I'm not defensive about it to this, to the extent, well, show me what you think. But in that exchange, I'm learning how to listen to my, interlocutor and learning to um, their position and learning what they think so that I can go back to my own thoughts and and go back to scripture and say, okay, what is the best response to to this objection or what's the best response to this person's uh, belief? And um, so when you're engaged with, especially I think you're talking about street witnessing and I've done that myself, a lot of times we want to get a message across and we don't let the other person, I'm not saying you did this but but not this not sure. can happen to where we we want to promote our position we want to talk about God of course but but part of that transaction is listening to the other person and and being willing when you engage somebody to be to be willing to hear them out and listen to them long term and really understand where they're coming from and yes. um and uh I think that's important. I don't know if I was answering a question. I just kind of rambled and lost my train of thought. Sorry about that.
0: No, you're, 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 (laughs) that happens to me at least five times a day. It happens to me
1: when I talk myself, talk to myself.
0: (laughs) No, but, but, but I think, you know, going, going back to, you know, there being this sort of intangible core to our faith because, Mm. you know, very much like, you know, how do you explain why you love your dog? Like or w- why somebody could be in love with their spouse, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you can name off all these characteristics, mm-hmm. but and I, and I think that that's what makes our faith multifaceted. There is yeah. a emotional aspects of it. There sure is there
1: is, of course of there is. Yeah,
0: there, there there is a logical aspect to it. There is a knowledge aspect to it. You know, mm. Um, mm. we're encouraged to increase in knowledge. You know, knowledge because here's here's another thing that I've noticed. I feel in the secular, sometimes there's this, you know, false dichotomy between faith and science, but I've also noticed, and this kind of boggles my mind, and granted, I know that there's a spectrum for everything, but Mm -hmm. there'll be um, a a sort of false dichotomy between like knowledge and emotion, you know, Mm. so for example, I've seen, I, I feel like I've seen so much I grew up in mostly hyper charismatic churches, so mm. I've seen some. I've seen some things to put it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. like, but I remember like there was this one day where this one pastor he was preaching and he he was kind of going on and on about um, why we should honor pastors, and though I agreed with his premise because it's biblical. Um, at some point um i didn't have a problem with again that principle but at some point he i guess he wasn't necessarily getting the the sort of uh, feedback from you know the congregation that he wanted so he hmm. he kind of stopped and he's like oh i guess you know for you theologians like, here's here's a bible verse but like the he put it in like this weird negative connotation as if like those that want to hear the word, like there's something wrong with us. Yeah. And, you right. Know, That's unfortunate. Like, yeah. But then I've also heard on the other end where, you know, especially like I'll see, uh, you know, I, I love my Reformed theologians, but sometimes like I'll see like a, a completely tone deaf argument for God. Uh, at the expense of like just something as basic as empathy and compassion yeah that's
1: uh, right that's uh, a lot of what's lacking on social yeah. media and in yeah. it you know and it i just finished almost finished reading a book on technology where that kind of constant interaction encourages you to be like that yeah and that's that's another reason why i i just decided to get off i could feel myself becoming like that, you know, and I, I, it's just, it's just a very difficult place to be, if, um, if you, if you don't have your head on straight, you know, and if yeah. it's, it's very, very challenging place to be, um, absolutely, and, and doing that. So, but I, I, I agree with you, Jay. I think that there is a, a dynamic to our faith that is uh, what we would call tacit or unspoken. Um, In fact, to to combine these two thoughts, I'll give you a real quick thought here. A gentleman by the name of Michael Polanyi, who was a chemist and a philosopher. Uh, He was Catholic, I believe, but he had some remarkable insights about tacit knowledge, unspoken knowledge, and science. So to your point, not only is there an unspoken dimension, I think, uh, in in our faith in Jesus, but for Polanyi in science— the greatest breakthroughs, and I'm I'm paraphrasing his larger much larger body of work, um, that personal knowledge has fed into the sciences much more than than we realize. In other words, yes. Paulani's insight is basically this in a nutshell. Uh, it's a lot more complex than what I'm about to say, but but this is basically it. He's saying that science is really based on the aha moment. So mm you're in the car, you're in the shower and an idea just comes out of nowhere and you start playing with that idea. And suddenly you've f- discovered something or you've made a breakthrough in what you're studying. And, yeah. and Polani's like, this is how science advances. It's a creative, intuitive insight. He can't even really articulate what he's trying to say so much as it is this gift this insight that sort of comes out of nowhere it's not this methodological punch punch these buttons and get this outcome
0: yeah unfortunately daniel's audio was cut off and we were unable to continue recording at this time but i hope that you are able to enjoy this conversation and that it bears much fruit in your life who knows with enough demand i'm sure we can probably get daniel back for a part two until then remember to always push back